Um, all right, well, thank you everybody for coming uh, to this Q&A today. Um, we're really excited to have Dr. Omeima Abubakar joining us from Egypt. Um, it is actually midnight there right now, so um, we're very grateful to her and, and the extra cups of coffee she's been drinking um, <laughs> to join us. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we had uh, an amazing Adhan um, as well from the two little ones, Rukhaya and Amina. Um, and uh, before we start, um, Dr. Omema, why don't you tell them about uh, how your chutbah ironically came about and, uh, and how, this, how it got incorporated into our Jumma today? Shukran. Thank you, Hasna. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be with you all, sisters. Uh, this is what happened about a year ago. Um, I was approached by two scholars from South Africa, two sisters, um, who told me that they were compiling um, a, a book of women's khutbas uh, in, in the past 20 or 30 years of, of uh, women uh, who have uh, given khutbas and they are uh, compiling them. Uh, and we're approaching you to, to give us a khutbah. And I said, I've never actually delivered a khutbah. And they said, well, we still want you to participate in the volume. How about writing a khutbah that you would like one day to give to the and, and, you know, there were all the requirements and the number of words and the topics and everything. Uh, so I wrote it with that in mind, that if ever I would have the opportunity <laughs> to give a khutbah, it, of course, it, it doesn't happen anywhere in Egypt. Or the Arab world, I'm sure you know that, in any in any mosque. Uh, I said, inshallah, this, this would be it. So I wrote it out, and they also uh, asked me to write a, a little bit of a reflective note, a, a biographical reflective note of uh, um, how it came about that I began to be interested in, 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 in Islamic knowledge or Islamic uh, uh, writing. So I wrote a biographical note at the end, and they said they will put that in, in the book. Uh, and the, the book has been, you know, they're working on it, and inshallah, it will, uh, I was told that it will come out next year, uh, 2021, in Yale University Press, and it will be called the Women's Khutbah Book. And it's, it's a compilation of, of khutbahs by different women in the Islamic world, all over yani, the world. And mine will be one. And then, anyway, so they've been working on editing the khutbahs and compiling and the printing and the publishing, everything. And then last month, Hasna <laughs> uh, contacted me to tell me to invite me to actually deliver a khutbah. And I tell her, I already have one. <laughs> Can I use it now for real? Uh, so, yeah, so, subhanAllah, it's yeah, and it was meant to be, maybe, maybe it is a sign, I hope, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept, to accept it, uh, inshallah, uh, uh, in my uh, scale of, <laughs> of hasanat, of good things. Uh, so I was so excited, I couldn't believe it, I was so excited, and we worked together on it, Hasna and I. Uh, and uh, the biographical, the, the autobiographical note uh, about uh, my mother is true. It's so true. Um, I get emotional a little bit when I remember her, Allah uh, But uh, she, she um, 
she had a, a great influence on my uh, on my upbringing and and on that detail. Uh, if you think good of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, he or she or God will be good to you. He will grant you what you are sure that He will grant you. Uh, anyway, and you know what what I said in the in the khutbah. So Alhamdulillah, Allah Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much. Um, is there anyone who'd like to start off with a reflection or a question? Anyone at all? I would. Um, talk beer, Sister Doctor um, Walker. It it was absolutely magnificent. Um, we've had some beautiful kupas, but um, yours. Well, I guess yours um, kind of aligned uh, with some serious thinkings that I have and um, have voiced, but not as eloquently and spiritually as you uh, showcased um, what really should be in our community. And um, it's sad that we have to have these conversations, but it's a beautiful thing um, in the same breath. And, um, you know, you definitely have your finger on the, uh, the trigger points and the problems within our communities. And um, it's just a blessing that this was a calling for you um, because we will not get where we need to be for our uh, spiritual uh, well-being or our mental well-being and even our physical well-being if we don't listen and understand our roles, our right, our might. And um, I just tug me there. That's all I, I could say. It's just absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sister Priscilla. It's very well said. Very well said. Yes, indeed. And Sister Priscilla is also one of our past Khatibas, so she's uh, she's someone who has um, spoken very well on uh, on wanting for our sister what we want for ourselves and um, and how we can support one another. Assalamualaikum, uh, mm -hmm. Doctor Shaukat just joined. Oh, let's unmute you. Anybody else with a question or reflection? Uh -huh. I have a question. Assalamualaikum. I actually joined for a while, but um, my video was not working. Thank you so much for this brilliant um, uh, speech, I can say. <laughs> um, me and my daughter was listening to it and it's so uplifting. Um, I have a question. I always have this question and I I, I read about it, but I, I, I want to know about your view on it. Um, so there is a verse in Surah Baqarah 282. It says, um, and get two witnesses of your men. And if there are not two men available, then um, a man and two women. Um, such as you agree for witnesses so that if one of them, meaning those two women, ours, the other can 
remind her. So I always wonder, like, am I, like, can't remember? Then <laughs> the man can remember. <laughs> so I needed somebody to remind me. Like, so I, I, I read about this in different discussion and stuff, but I just want to hear about uh, it from you. Yes, okay, I'll try. I'll try, inshallah. Um, yes, of course, this is one of, of, of the verses for us Muslimat who, you know, what that makes us think about it. Uh, the thing is that, as we all know, during the time of the revelation in, uh, in Mecca, uh, not all women, very, very small number of women who were literate, who could read and write, and who could do math, right? Who could compute? Really, that, that there was a history of it, uh, and uh, and men of the time, because of that, because of their knowledge that most women are were illiterate, did not have any kind of young education, cannot be trusted with this uh, with this act of uh, you know witnessing writing up. Um, a debt. Uh, so this is the historical background of it, or the historical. But this is not to be clear, Yani. This is not God's opinion of women, mm -hmm. right? This was revealed for to institute, first of all, to institute a new practice in the Muslim community that they should be very careful with the idea of debt, with the idea of rights, that nobody should um, uh, you know, transgress the right of returning a certain debt, the importance of documenting financial rights and financial dealings. That was the important thing. So perhaps in this idea of uh, uh, there are not enough women who are going to remember, not because we are, we, we don't have brains. I know what you mean. It, you feel like the verse implies that, but it doesn't. It was about the uh, lack of education of the women at the time. So it's like the revelation perhaps is uh, providing a, a, a way, at least a temporary way at that time or a temporary means at that time for the men, um, you know, to, to make sure that uh, uh, there are going to be witnesses who will, who will remember, remember this act. So you don't have enough uh, literate women, you can get two you know, for, for that time. This is one, this is one explanation. Another fiqhi explanation that I read is that the verse does not tell judges to uh, always consider uh, two men and uh, two, I mean, two women in front of one man. This is not an instruction for the judge in a court, you know, like in a court. No, in a court, a judge can decide that he will believe one witness one woman witness, one man's witness, or he may say that I need three or four, right? So the verse is not for cording. The verse was only meant for, at the time of writing up perhaps this, uh, uh, this debt, maybe a, a man would prefer to have two witness, two women witnesses and one man. But it is not incumbent upon, upon a judge in court to do this thing. 
Of course, what happened with this verse is that all the all the juristic tradition uh, just took it literally and applied it literally that this is always going to be the case in all courts and in all cases, without any qualifications, without any exceptions, or sometimes they said, well, only in, uh, they looked at the, and since the verse was about financial dealings, uh, they said, well, particularly in financial dealings, you cannot have just one. But I, what I'm trying to say in, at the end, it's, it's very complicated in, in the juristic literature. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that it, it's important for us as, uh, as Muslimat to, to resist and to, uh, to object and to protest <laughs> to anyone who tries to interpret that verse that this is a proof that women are deficient in mind, uh, essentially, you know, that all women are born like that. You know, there's a historical and sociological reasons behind the revelation of that verse. And, uh, and in, the, in, the, um, in the practice of the courts, uh, judges don't go by that. Yeah. And there are certain cases where the, where the judge in a Muslim court would believe a woman witness and not a man witness. So it, it depends on the case. So it depends on the case. It depends on the context of the event. But of course, what happened? Yeah, what, what happened? You know, I don't want to talk a lot, but um, we want you to talk a lot, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. We, we should be confident enough to say no. I'm sorry. You you cannot take that verse as an excuse, not just to malign women, to malign God, subhanahu wa ta'ala. God, God is just, God did not create women to, to insult them, to, to say that they are a lesser creature. So when you do that, you're insulting Islam, you're insulting religion, you're insulting God. Yeah. I'd like to offer a a slightly different uh, interpretation. So one thing that I really like to do is um, think about the ways that we can incorporate psychology into uh, Islamic law and you know, whether it's that women are naturally like this or that women are socialized to be like this, um, I, I see that verse as a protection for the women witnesses who otherwise might get pressured, um, you know, if one side of the party um, decides to threaten or, you know, say behind closed doors, like you better change your, uh, you know, change your account uh, to go in my favor. And I actually experienced something like this. So I was a witness for, um, uh, for a loan that happened between two people and it didn't go well. And then the other party um, started to threaten me. And I was like, wow, I wish I had done this with another woman <laughs> or another person instead of just on my own, because um, it became very stressful for me as the sole witness. Um, and maybe if I were a man, they wouldn't have threatened me so easily. They wouldn't have felt the right to threaten me. Um, so that's the way I interpret this verse as a protection for female witnesses. This is very interesting, very interesting and uh, an excellent interpretation. And it, it goes well with the, uh, the general logic of, of the Quran in exactly that point, Hasna, in protecting women. Yani, if you look at the Quran as a whole, um, uh, 
all, most of the revelations concerning the, the widows and the orphans and the poor and the marginalized and the disempowered, all the Quranic verses yani, were revealed, subhanAllah, to protect the weak indeed and to protect the disempowered. And this is a very important point in, in the Quran. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Any other questions? David, or Good to see you all. I have a holiday party going on. (laughs) (laughs) More exciting than this? (laughs) No, you say it's it's your work time, so you have to be there. So, yeah, I have to be there. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. um, God bless everybody. Sister, you said you're from Bangladesh, right? Yes. Okay, uh, happy belated uh, Liberation Day. (laughs) Thank you. That was two days ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Thank you. Thank you again. God bless. You're welcome. All right. Anyone else with a question or a reflection? Anything at all? Let me make another comment about this is such an interesting. See, only this could happen with the women's mosque, right? These kind of dialogues. Yeah. So I, I have a ton of questions for you, Dr. Abu Bakr, but just to, to carry on with that line of thought about the women and witnesses, the other issue could be, as we know, the prophet was illiterate himself, but some of his wives were not. Mm-hmm. So that's also another reason that might have been more the issue of protection for what Hasna's mm-hmm. talking about. Um, it could it could be an argument for that, but I'm yeah. so it's so refreshing to hear that perspective um, because we don't always get that, and we know the the, the problems that this has caused. So in that vein, I want to ask you a question. We're so happy that you're here. That there's international representation in this what we're trying to create here in the women's mosque. I continue. Um, give us some insight on what's happening in Egypt with women around these issues. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about your group on women's, the women's um, Women in Memory Forum, the Musawa. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Uh, the Women in Memory Forum is uh, an NGO, a non-governmental uh, organization. Uh, it was founded, or a group of friends uh, and, and colleagues, um, mostly academics and activists, academics in, uh, in, in humanities and in the different fields of humanities, and two or three activists in law. Uh, we founded this uh, organization in the late 90s. So it's, you know, like 96 or 97, yeah. And we came together as a group, as a study circle first, as a study group. We wanted to study uh, uh, women's place in history and to analyze history, particularly in the Arab region, and to, uh, to produce historical knowledge uh, about women and about gender and about gender equality in the Arab region and about men and women's issues. So it was cultural, uh, it was a cultural uh, forum, if you will, uh, uh, to, to produce 
uh, that kind of knowledge and to publish books and to have conferences and to raise all sorts of issues about gender and equality and gender equality and mental information, particularly in the Arab culture or in, in Egypt, uh, based in Egypt. Uh, we were a group of uh, about six or, six or seven women uh, uh, colleagues uh, in Cairo University or, or outside. And each one of us decided to, to focus on a particular area in, uh, uh, in culture and in history, in Arab culture and Arab history or, or civilization to work on, to study and to produce research. Um, uh, I was interested because of uh, my original training in, in, in comparative literature and in Sufi poetry, where I got my PhD from Berkeley <laughs> in, the, in the, the end of the 80s. Um, um, I went to the comparative literature department. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, I was going to say, Gail and I both went to Berkeley. Go Bears! <laughs> <laughs> I got my PhD in 87, so a million years ago. Uh, but I lived in, uh, in Berkeley for about 10 years, and then before that I got my MA from North Carolina State University, so I lived there for three, three years. Um, anyway, and, and in Berkeley, that is where I had my two sons <laughs> while doing my PhD. <laughs> so that, that's a long story. So you have uh, California so, sons. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> one was born in Berkeley and one was born in Oakland. <laughs> oh, perfect. Kaiser Hospital. <laughs> ah, my. My son anyway. was born also at Kaiser Hospital in the Bay Area. So. <laughs> Love it. The best years of my life I, had, I spent in the Bay Area. And Priscilla's uh, in the Bay Area right now. Anyway, so because my original training, I, I, I wrote a, um, a thesis on, on Sufi poetry. So I'm interested to, uh, to work on women Sufis, you know. Uh, we agreed that each one of us was going to choose uh, a particular area of research that is related to women, to women's history or to gender issues. And I said I wanted to work on the history of women uh, in uh, the history of Muslim women in pre-modern or pre-colonial societies. Yeah, in, in, in Darul Islam from, you know, from Morocco all the way to, to, to Asia or something like that. And I wanted to look more into the history of uh, uh, Sufiyat and Shaykhat and Alimat and Muhadithat. And that's when I first started to work on that research, but was published in Arabic at the beginning. Um, anyway, so the whole, the Women in Memory Forum as a whole is not an Islamic uh, research center. Uh, it's, uh, it's a women's research center. And I'm the one who works on Islamic knowledge. Uh, my other colleagues work on modern literature, other colleagues work on autobiographical and archives of women. So we, we all, each one of us chose the particular area uh, that she wanted to work on. So I started from the 90s getting interested in gender and Islam and in Muslim women's history um, and learning more about uh, uh, theories of interpretation of, of uh, in, in the Quran 
and uh, and hermeneutics and tafsir, and I began to learn and read more and and, and to publish more. Other than the literature, and my original uh, training is in, in, in literature and poetry, but so uh, anyway, so so that's the women and, and memory forum. And, and we have a site, by the way, that's in both Arabic and English. It's called the Women and Memory Forum. So you can go and find. We have all sorts of publications, but all of them in Arabic, unfortunately. Is this the same Musawa as the one in uh, Malaysia, or is it a different one? Uh, no, no. This is Musawa. Are you talking about Musawa organization? Yeah, in Malaysia, there's a well, that's a different one. But I oh, work I with them too. Oh. Yeah, I work with them as well. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, and so you can find the site of Women and Memory Forum and at least get an idea about the publications mm -hmm. and and our activities. And, and I have my application. Um, yeah. You, you also had a question, uh, Gail, about uh, women in Egypt in general? Or um, sure, sure. So we're here. We don't get a lot of information about what's going on. So I'm assuming that the Women in Memory Forum, it's all women scholars. Is that correct? Are there any men that are doing this work? Yes. Now we have some uh, male colleagues uh, who, um, who work in, the, in, in the, their staff. Yani, you know, the staff, the, the, the one who takes care of our, you know, our website and, and uh, our account. So do they bring you coffee and make sure everything is taken care of? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask the same thing. I was going to ask the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the staff and the admin, but also, but interestingly, they started out like, you know, staff and admin, but then, um, yeah, bless their hearts, they were young, fresh graduates as well. Uh, and they, they got interested in the research. So they asked us to participate with us in actual research projects and began to learn with us about, you know, about gender and about history. Uh, so they eventually became also, uh, yeah, colleagues and, and, uh, uh, activists with us in the organization on women's issues. Yeah. I have a question for you. Um, can you recite your favorite Sufi poem for us? Oh, um, hmm. I don't. I don't memorize. I, okay. no, I, don't, I can't memorize it. Uh, but uh, yeah, later on, perhaps we can have a. a a Sufi poetry reading, yeah, on the side, and then I could, I could. If come you had to name to one that. title, if you had to name one title, which poem would it be? I can name uh, uh, the poet that I oh. worked on on my PhD, and he's he's my favorite. I still post uh, on Facebook a lot of his poetry uh, lines. Um, his name is Abu Hassan Al Shushten. Uh, um, and he's an Andalusian poet, uh, right? Abul Hassan Al Shushteri. Um, he has this big volume. Uh, he wrote in, in, in Arabic, but in Moroccan and Andalusian dialect, right? Uh, he was the first Sufi poet to use the, the, the lyric form that is called the Zajal, which is 
the vernacular, the Moroccan vernacular and the Andalusian vernacular, which is not the modern Arabic standard. So he used it in Sufi lyrics. And it's and it used to be sung. And it's it's beautiful. And I can tell you all about him later. I, he's my sweetheart. I, I uh. And it's true, Allah subhanAllah, sometimes when um, you know, when I'm depressed, when I'm down, two things can be uplifting. Either reading the Quran or reading Shushten or yeah. <laughs> going through the lines. But inshallah, I'm sorry, I can't memorize Yani. Um, no but If we had to start off with one book, what would you recommend? With one book? Yeah, with one of his books, which one would you recommend? Oh, the Diwan. He has a Diwan. Diwan al Shushten. Okay. Um, I can send you some stuff uh, about him. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions or reflections? Well, I appreciate. Can you hear me? Yes. I appreciate, yes. Doctor um, uh, Abu Bakr, your 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 bravery. Um, and you've been a brave female <laughs> sister fighter for a long time, um, and, and, and working, um, for your degree in, in, in the fields that you are in. So thank you very much because I know from experience and, um, that it isn't easy to go against the grain, even when you're right. So thank you very much. Yes, that's true, Priscilla. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Um, as long as you know you're honest in your niya. Um, how do you translate niya in intention? Uh, intention. Yeah, you have a good intention, right? Uh, that you're doing what you're doing. You believe this is halal. This is what God gave me and created us to do. I'm not doing anything. Haram. And just last night, I was in a lecture, I talked uh, a lot about that, about uh, having this niya. Uh, even when we criticize, because, again, I, I'm, I'm still thinking of the lecture last night, which was in a feminist forum, and we're talking about feminism and, and you know, criticizing the Torah, criticizing the tradition. And I kept focusing on this niya, on this good intention, because what what we also uh, encounter sometimes in the Arab world and in the Arab uh, elite circles and um, academia, um, th there's a desire to criticize only the bad intention, right? Uh, so criticizing the tradition all the time, negatively and harshly and deconstructing and deconstructing without providing the alternative for reform, right? We all, we all want reform, all, yani all Muslims, alhamdulillah, may God yani help us all in, in the Muslim world, men or women. And when we women come up and say, well, this is not right, as Sister Priscilla was saying, it's, it's not easy. Why are you making it difficult for women to do this or to do that? Why are you making it difficult for women to get the rights that God subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about in, in the Quran. So 
we criticize, yani I myself in what I published, I, I do criticize the jurists and the exegetes when I study the tradition. But with the niya, with the intention, not to destroy the civilizational history of Islam, not to uh, throw dirt at history of Islam. I'm, I'm proud of our civilization, I'm proud of our history, but for the purpose of reform, for the, this is very important. So we always say, don't deconstruct, you know, this is the language of uh, highfalutin academics, deconstruction and stuff. But we say, don't deconstruct yourself out of existence. If I, if, you know, if I say all these 14, 15 centuries have been, you know, wrong, you should all bring it down. And, and then what? And then what? No, you, you deconstruct to reconstruct, mm -hmm. to reconstruct and to make the religion, inshallah, stronger and to make Muslims' lives better, inshallah, ya Rabb. That's such a great point that you bring up. And it's something that um, Gail touched upon in her last clip um, on the aftermath of the American election and how, you know, sometimes when people, yes, legitimately something wrong has happened, but if you don't check your own heart and see, you know, is, am I, am I criticizing or am I speaking up right now to satisfy my ego or to mm -hmm. actually help you know, help the situation, it'll definitely change the way that you talk and change the way that you conduct yourself. And so even with the women's mosque, you know, sometimes, especially in the beginning, when we first started, um, a lot of people assumed that we were, you know, creating this mosque to, you know, to as, as if we're running away from men and Muslim men and um, traditional mosques, which we weren't, um, because it's not about a rejection of, of other mosques, it's about, um, you know, providing a, a space uh, for women to grow stronger and make all of Islam better. And so um, thank you for saying that and for reiterating that, you know, even as we come together as women and yes, we point out problems um, that, you know, have for whatever reason have come about, um, that it's important for all of us to, to uh, make sure we have pure hearts when we're doing it and to not do it just to satisfy our egos, but really for the sake of Islam as a whole. Thank you for saying that. Yes, yes, I agree. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining today. It was so amazing to have you, Dr. Omeima, um, all the way from Egypt. Uh, please go get some sleep. <laughs> well, um, I'm fine. I'm, I'm very happy to be you all sisters. Wallahi, very happy. Yeah, because we, we wanted to hear from you for so many years and for yeah. different reasons, it wasn't working out. So we're really grateful to finally have uh, been able to hear your khutbah and inshallah, it won't be the last one as well. Shukran. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. And, you know, things happen when God wants them to happen. Right. So yani, alhamdulillah, there's, this, there's a timing for everything. Right. So alhamdulillah, I'm so happy. I, I love you all very much. Love you, Hasnab. Continue doing what you do. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, everybody. Assalamualaikum. Thank you. Welcome, Sam. Thank you so much. Jazakallah.